Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So pressure bust pipes. It also frees innocent men, as in Jonathan Irons, who took his first steps into liberty as an adult after a judge overturned his convictions, which was led by WNBA's Maya Moore, a true hero, respect. Feeling pressure to stay in shape and stay in sync with your team this offseason? Well, listen to what Coach Alicia Kamaki is doing to help her team dominate the details this offseason. Those are just a couple of things that we'll be talking about today on Baseline. I'm your host, Parday. Let's get into it. Yo, LA, what's up? This is Parday, and you're tuned in to Baseline. Today I have with me Alicia Kamaki, the head coach of Sierra Canyon women's basketball team. Um, what's up, Alicia? Hey, hey everybody. How are we doing? Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. So, the when you guys lost to Windward, mm-hmm. it seems like the world then fell apart. <laughs> what happened? Oh, man, I try not to go back to those dark places <laughs> in my life. I try to, to move on to the light. Um, you know, to, to be honest, I, I would never blame referees for a game. That's just not something we do. It's not something we believe in. Um, and we felt really strongly after the game that that was a very bizarre ending. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of all I'll say about that. Um, we had an 11-point lead with three and a half minutes left and things went really strange. Uh, that's all I'll say. And I actually, um, haven't watched the film back yet Mm because it it was so disappointing, um, to have it end like that. So, so who knows? We definitely could have been in the wrong, you know, the refs might've done a great job. Uh, who knows? Post game. What did you have to say to the young ladies on the team? Mm -hmm. Uh, sadly it was just, it was this really weird ending. And that's that it was I've never had a season end like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I mean. If people who were there uh, can kind of vouch that it was just really strange. And so it took a while to collect everybody. We had six seniors on the team. So, you know, people were crying in different corners sure. and, um, you know, we're not on our own campus. So uh, a little hard to wrangle everybody and find out where everybody is. And, um, you know, sadly, once we got in there, Usually when a season ends, it's hard to say anything anyways. You know, yeah. What are you going to say? Um, but we were just so upset. Like people weren't, people weren't, I mean, of course they were sad that the season was over, but there wasn't like a, oh my gosh, my career's over, our season's over. Like we, they were like crying tears of anger. Right, right. Because um, we really felt we, we kind of got robbed in a way. And um, like I said, I'm never going to blame referees. If I'm sure if I go back and watch film, like, of course we could have made that free throw or done this or done that. And we gave up. An eleven point lead, you know, refs can't can't take that. So um, I'm sure there was more to it, but but we definitely felt robbed in that moment, and um, that's a hard pill to swallow. Absolutely. Um, so six seniors are leaving. Who comes and takes over their roles next year? Well, we'll find out. Because <laughs> we'll um, you had three uh, really good people: uh, Shavaye, um, De Jesus, mm-hmm. and Alexis Mark. Mm-hmm. So. Those are your top three players. Really like, hard to replace. Yeah. yeah. 
We were in this situation roughly about five years ago. Kennedy and Cheyenne and Gabby Neville, they graduated. We had won three state championships in a row. And um, everybody thought we were doomed. You know, we our roster only had like eight. So we graduated three stars and, you know, Kennedy's in the WNBA now. And um, so people thought it was going to be good luck. You know? Yeah. And we had one of our best years, not in terms of winning a championship, but in terms of overachieving, mm-hmm. um, growing and learning. And, and we had a fantastic season. So I'm really looking forward to, I don't want to call it a rebuild. Um, I don't like the word rebuild. So um, I'm just looking forward to kind of the challenge um, mm-hmm. of coaching. And uh, we have a really young group. So we'll have uh, 14 on the roster as of now. And um, seven of them are freshmen. It's like a young team, and it's going to be a whole new experience. Are you going to have a new style, or will the style of play kind of be the same? I know you're really like up tempo um, team, mm-hmm. same style, same same philosophy. Yeah, so we always try to be as up tempo as we can, um, but we do believe as a coaching staff of tweaking to our personnel. And so uh, of our three returners next year, they're all three of our bigs. So okay. they're three seniors and our, our three big kids. So uh, we return our size um, and we lost a lot of speed and athleticism and, and experience. So we always want to play as up-tempo as we can. Uh, but the other troubling thing is normally in the spring and summertime, we would be able to see what team we got and these incoming kids. I haven't seen these kids play. Uh, yeah. So normally be like, okay, great. Hey, she can run. Hey, she can shoot. But <laughs> I don't know the kids. What have you been doing to keep the girls in shape? Uh, my, I know my daughter was doing some Zoom uh, practices with her team, with her soccer club. Um, so what have you been doing with the with the women so far? So maybe as a surprise, nothing. <laughs> and I do that on purpose. So COVID or no COVID, in the springtime, I really let the girls get away from us let them get to their club stuff, which unfortunately during this time they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely was doing check-ins. So we did our postseason evaluations via Zoom, um, was checking in with them via text and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, kind of as often as possible. Um, the bigger focus was on grades, to be honest, because we transitioned to uh, the online schooling. Oh, and, yeah. and at Sierra, we did a really fantastic job of that. It was as consistent and normal of a schedule as, as anybody else could have had. Mm-hmm. Um, so really my job and role in that was to make sure these kids were transitioning and that they were doing a good job and uh, really happy to report that some of the kids that we really needed to, to step on, that they did a really good job. So, um, so that was more of my focus during mm-hmm. the, the springtime, I guess. And um, so, like I said, you know, I, I wasn't at a point where, I felt like, hey, I got to make sure these kids are working out or that they're in shape because one, my season's not till November, right, hopefully, right. Um, and two, they needed a break, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, three, if they really are that self motivated person that we're trying to kind of discipline in our program, none of them are sitting around. We got love, love, love. You better believe it. We got love. That's right, L.A. You are now rocking with the best podcast for L.A. Prep Sports Baseline. I'm your host, Parday, only on the Believe Network. Do you believe? Do you feel a lot of pressure for this upcoming season to get back to winning a championship? You know, no. (laughs) Because we did lose so many kids and we are so young, uh, that pressure is... 
I mean, I don't, I don't know who would be having that on us. I mean, I think most people's expectations are that we're going to fall off the map. Um, mine aren't, and the players aren't, which right. is fantastic. And I think that's kind of when you have your best seasons. Let's talk about what's happening in the world. Speaking of pressure, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people protesting, a lot of injustice, social injustice. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a black man. You're a woman of Asian descent. Have you ever been faced with like stereotypes that uh, confronted you, yeah, created I mean, adversity? Uh, so a couple of things come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am mixed, but look presumably full Asian to most okay. people. So I am half white. My mother is white and um, my, my father is Japanese. Um, so I've always been a part of like a really inclusive diversity growing up. You know, I have tons of friends that are of mixed races. And so I never felt uncomfortable growing up that mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, an Asian kid, or I didn't really, I, I identified for sure as being, as being Japanese, but I never really was like, oh, I'm, cause I'm mixed. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I shared this story with my husband the other day that I was in kindergarten and uh, this was probably back in the day when the colors weren't like 356 options. Right. <laughs> like 12. And um, I colored myself like a much darker color than I was. It wasn't black, but right. it was like brown or the old, like yeah. the next color. And I remember I come home to my white mother and she was like, Alicia, let, you know, just let's talk about it. And I remember this like really clearly as a kindergartner. Um, let's talk about this. Why did you color yourself like this? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, what other <laughs> colors are there? Like, I remember being like, and she was like, well, you're not quite that dark. You know, you could pick this or this. And then, so then I started calling myself like the beige color. Right. And it's like, well, that wasn't me either. Um, and then Crayola came out with 500 options. So, um, but I do specifically remember like having that conversation with her of like one kind of how I saw myself on the yeah. crayon box, which is interesting. Um, and then just, you know, like, this isn't you and this is you and where do you fit? And, you know, it's just interesting because I, at the time was in a private school with like pretty much all white kids. Okay. So there was a cup. I remember there was an Indian kid and, you know, there was a black kid like in the school, but not in my class, whatever. So it was just interesting how I identified like skin wise right. like, closer to those people. Um, what about in basketball though? <clears throat> because, you know, pred- predominantly uh, even in California, mm-hmm. basketball is always still a, a, an African-American mm-hmm. kind of uh, sport. Then, mm-hmm. then, you know, when you come in and, you know, you've had a lot of success in the game, was there any kind of kind of uh, pushback or, like, people saying that maybe this sport isn't for you, you should be doing something else? Did you ever yeah. hear anything like that? Um, I never heard anything like that directly, but you look at how many Asian female basketball players are even really playing at the collegiate level. You know, of course, they play at the high school level, but collegiately and then going above that to like the WNBA. I mean, I don't know of very many at all. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it was never like, you can't do this. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. But it was, it was kind of actually more, maybe even the opposite of like, wow, like we found one. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. If, if anything that I can really remember. Um, but like I said, I never really, and maybe it's cause we, we grew up in, you know, Orange County, LA County, where there was much it's more diversity. Much and, more. Um, you know, I'm sure some of my, my black friends have different stories, mm-hmm. but I never really felt being Asian was uh, different in that regard. Um, I have experienced being with some black friends, their injustice. Um, so the one story there was, uh, was roughly 24 years old and was in um, Boston, mm-hmm. was driving from Boston to New York through Connecticut. Um, was going actually to a professional basketball game and uh, had a black friend in the front seat, male, and a white female in the back seat. Um, and we got pulled over on the, fr- I was driving, we got pulled over on the freeway 
And I remember being pulled over and just kind of, you know, the cop was very aggressive coming to the car. Right, right. Know, and I'm sure there's procedures sure. and all that stuff. I don't know. You know, don't get pulled over <laughs> often. But, you know, seemed very aggressive, like, you know, with his hand on his gun and different things like that. And um, just, you know, you guys were speeding. And it was like, we were on a freeway going very normal speed. Yeah, yeah. You know, with flow of traffic and no way were we speeding. Um, and I just remember my black friend was like, you know what, we got pulled over, right? It's it's a it's a, and that's a very terrifying story. You know, you obviously it's a lot of that in the news right now. But you know, I've I've been pulled over and immediately terrified. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even now, a cop gets behind me, I'm like, did I do something wrong? I'm there's everything. Yeah, you know. was it me? Yeah, <laughs> tense up a little. Yeah, bit. I'm always tense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, there's so much of that. It's so much injustice and so much. Um, police reform that needs to happen, right? Today we're seeing more and more celebrities and athletes in general become real game changers using their celebrity to um, fight social injustices. I really want to commend Maya Moore, who at the height of her WNBA career, after winning you know, four NBA championships, a league MVP, um, 2011 Rookie of the Year, six-time WNBA All-Star, um, gave it up to help fight social injustice, and she really should be commended. And um, she did this before Colin Kaepernick. And I'm wondering, is there a Nobel Prize uh, for her in the future? You know, I think that the world is moving in the right direction in a sense, right? There's been so much, like you said, um, acknowledgement to the, all the problems and it's a big uproar right now. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that can turn into more than just words. Yes. Um, and I think kind of sadly, and I, I obviously could be very wrong because there's many journalists out there and many things that I have not read. Right. But I kind of feel like Maya didn't get the attention. I mean, she was one of some people consider the goat, which is crazy, but I mean, she's won numerous championships. She was on the USA basketball team, won a gold medal, all this stuff. And gives up her full-on career. Colin didn't give it up. He got it taken away from him. Yeah, in a very different yeah. situation, right? And so she forfeited basketball to go something she was passionate about. That's you know, a and hu- not huge make sacrifice. Money. And we all know the discrepancy of how much a woman basketball player makes. And so she's forfeiting her her life, her career to yeah. go sacrifice all these all these things. And I don't think she got the attention that she deserved in those moments. And now great that she is getting much more attention for it because of what's going on in the world. Um, And I think it'd be fantastic if at some point lots of things need to happen. I mean, the NFL needs to uh, apologize and recognize Colin. They still haven't apologized Mm -hmm. to him personally. They haven't said... Yep, it's crazy. You know, and I saw that the guy who's sitting in the White House did a piece on CNN and said... (laughs) That uh, Colin should be given a second chance. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. dude. Yeah, right? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I would, you know, I heard that Nike's doing a program uh, in conjunction with WN- WNBA to help women, like, transition to either be on their marketing team or some some other, like, career path to help kind of offset their the inequities of their salaries, which I think is a pretty good idea. Um, obviously, the disparity, they should be just getting more money, mm-hmm. more publicity. I mean, I didn't, the Maya story kind of went away from me. Mm-hmm. 
until recently, until like you're saying, until yeah. these the protests and yeah, people things. are like, don't forget about this one. Yeah, yeah. Look what she did. Let's not three forget. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you ever did any made a took a stand like that? Such a big stand that you had to like give up anything or? Um, off the top of my head, no. But uh, recently had this story kind of. Um, come back up. And when we were in high school, our head coach, uh, Kevin Kiernan, he resigned. Uh, so my junior year, yeah, junior year, he resigned. Uh, there was Tell me a, what school you went to I again. I went to Troy High School. Okay. Uh, Kevin's now the coach at Modern Day, uh, but he coached me when I was at Troy High School. And um, so he resigned our junior year. We were really good. We were going to be, you know, possibly contending for a championship and all this stuff. So kind of at the beginning of the season, um, it was related to a complaint from a parent and different things. And, um, you know, he was like, I wasn't wrong. And if you guys are trying to make me change how I'm going to coach, I'm going to resign. So he resigned. Wow. And we were all <laughs> had this conversation with some uh, former teammates that are still my best friends. And we we're like, why did we try to get him back? Like what in us? We like full on protested at school. And his favorite color was green, and we got green shirts, and there was this little brick wall in front of the, the front um, administration, and we would stand on it at break time and lunchtime, and we would link our, and like, I just remember, like, but why? Yeah. Like, why did we do that? Like, we, because <laughs> looking back now, we uh, we weren't his number one fans, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, why were we trying to bring a guy back that, that we weren't, like, in love with? Um and so it was interesting because we brought this up recently. Like, what was our big passion behind it? Yeah. And, like, I remember because I was a captain on the team. And, you know, I remember going out and getting those green shirts and having everybody decorate them. And so it was like, why did I do that? <laughs> you know? And then we got them back. We won a championship that year. And, uh, you know, whatever the rest of the story is history. Um, but it was just so interesting. If you think that's interesting, you are definitely in the right place. This is baseline, and we're doing nothing but bringing you the raw, going hard inside the paint with the best of the inside stuff for LA Prep Sports, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Parday, and we're getting it in. That's right. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, like, and share with a friend. Baseline. Going into my ninth year at Sierra, I didn't start my first couple. So maybe this is like maybe year five or six. Okay. Yeah, of camps. Um, I, I've i been doing the same camps when I was in Orange County working for other people, but now it's like actually like my branch. Oh, cool. Um, so Alicia Kamaki, the head coach of Sierra Canyon's women's basketball, we're just talking about her basketball camp, the 1% camp. That she uh, runs during the summer and is unfortunately not going to happen this year. But I was super excited to kind of bring my kids along because it it just seemed like such a good uh, program to teach them skills and kind of get them going and familiar, you know, with your program and Mm -hmm. some of your uh, under your tutelage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Under the tutelage, yes. Um, Yeah, it's a bummer. We have... We just have like a really good staff as well. I mean, they're truly there, you know, as hopefully most most camp, summer camp staffs are. You know, they're there for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we make it really personal. Try to get to know everybody's name in camp. 
um, at max, we would have like a hundred kids, like, you know, for one single session. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's sad. I've had a lot of people like, even though they know it's canceled, they, they are continuously reaching out like, did anything change? <laughs> I think a lot of people, they look forward to it in, in so many different ways. The kids look forward to it. The parents probably look forward to having them gone for, you know, a couple hours a day and, um, Hopefully, we'll be back next summer. So, this year, what are some of your benchmarks for the team? We need to get to this level by this game. We need to make sure we beat modern day. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, we have a really brand new team. And so, um, I don't know if I've thought that far ahead in terms of, I'm not really that type of a coach. I don't think of like where we need to be at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that we need to be playing our best basketball in March, but, um, you know, other than that, um, we just kind of go with the pace of things and, and figure it out. Last year we had the toughest schedule, one of the toughest schedules in the country and definitely the toughest we've ever had as a program. And, um, so we won't have as tough of a schedule, you know, for next season, but we are still traveling a couple different places. Uh, uh, so next year we have a trip planned to Alaska. That's a, a big one that we have. And uh, we'll stay local for a couple other tournaments and stuff. But um, I think the biggest benchmark is just to um, to come along quickly, you know, because we're going to have such a young team and yeah. um, have some some young freshmen who could be impactful. So we got to see what we're rolling with. Do you – so I know you said you don't um, coach like – you know, putting benchmarks and things like that. I always think of you like Phil Jackson. So do you have like any books or anything? Is there some like one thing that you guys are like, you know, reading the same thing or is it watching a movie or what do you do to get everybody kind of on the same page mentally? So we have a lot of kind of philosophy programs that we will implement in the classroom setting. Mm -hmm. um, so we have something called the pyramid of purpose. And that's like my overall philosophy of a kid coming through our program and developing as a person first and then as a basketball player. And so that'll get presented to them in layers. There's like six different layers of the pyramid and, um, you know, certain words and things that we're trying to enforce in our culture. And so that's kind of how we always stay on the same page, like year to year. Mm -hmm. um, we have a theme every year. Um, so next year's theme will be to dominate details. So it'll be dominate details. Um, coaching staff had a lot of time to brainstorm in this off season. So, um, one thing we want to do next year, we always try to incorporate our theme into our practices as much as possible and okay. theme throughout the year as much as possible. So we always bring it up, always try to reiterate it. Um, last, last year's theme was our way. Mm -hmm. The year we won the state championship, it was uncommon. Um, so we always try to find something that, you know, can bring that out of everybody. So dominate details. We figured with a young team, uh, we got to focus on the little things, um, and trying to get really good at doing those so we can get better at the bigger picture. Who, um, right now, who's the probably the toughest competition that you're going to have to face next year? Well, Modern Day is the defending Open champions, and they return just about their entire team. So wow. they are going to be very good. Um, they should be expected uh, to be competing for that championship and a state championship. Um, Winward's always good, mm -hmm. so you can never count them out. And um, they're going to graduate a couple seniors, but... Juju Watkins is one of the best freshmen in the country, um, if not the best freshman. So she's back for three more years, um, and they always reload as well. So, um, and obviously Vanessa's a fantastic coach. So lots of good programs. Mm -hmm. um, we had a good chunk in the open division this last year who returned a lot of players as well. Harvard Westlake is going to be really good. Um, Kiki there is uh, – going to be a senior finally so like some of these kids seem like they've been here for so long you gotta you gotta coach against them forever um so we got a lot of talent you know in the valley and in, 
in, in the Orange County area and in Los Angeles area. So um, Southern California is a hotbed for girls basketball. What's your favorite basketball movie? Oh, man, that's kind of hard. Um, I mean, Love and Basketball as a, as like a female um, comes up because you got the, the romance side yes. as well as the basketball side. Um, love, Love and Basketball. I watched uh, um, Spike Lee's uh, He Got Game mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. It holds up. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, you know, Ray Allen, one of the best yep. jump shooters ever. Yeah. Um, who's, who's, uh, who's the best jump shooter on your team? Who's got the best shot? Well, best shot graduated. So um, <laughs> she's going to Duke. <laughs> so uh, Vanessa De Jesus was our. Um, statistically, so she only played for us for two and a half years. She had to do one of those sit-outs. Um, and she she finished with most made threes in career at Sierra with only playing two and a half years. Wow. So, and percentage-wise and all that stuff. So um, so she's up there. Um, returning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we got some kids who can shoot the ball. Um, Sophia Ruelas, she's a sophomore for us. Okay. Uh, so she started some games for us last year as a freshman. Um, she can shoot the rock, so... Uh, do you ever do you ever get out there and try to compete with them? Um, occasionally, I will do some things. I don't do any sort of like I don't trust my knees. I, I tore both my ACLs. Oh wow! Yeah, so I don't I don't want to go down in front of all of them. Is really more of the fear than anything else. Um, I used to when I first started coaching with them, and I didn't have the fear. And then I tore the second one, not playing with them, but playing in like an adult league. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't I just don't ever want to go through that again. Yeah. So. So it's less out of um, that I don't think I can, uh, or being embarrassed. I don't want to like go down and be like, "Hey guys, somebody call the call the ambulance," because I'm pretty sure I tore another one. That's not what I want. So um, I'll shoot though and stuff occasionally with them, and I definitely rebound for them. Like, All right, I'm a good rebounder. <laughs> have you seen the uh, Have you seen jump shots or skills kind of become more popular since like? Steph Curry. Well, that's what it is right there, Steph Curry. So um, I will say the big trend is that young kids, and it's bad, young kids want to shoot from 40 feet. I know. And um, it's bad because they're not strong enough to shoot properly. So mm-hmm, that's that's mm-hmm. the problem. I have no problem with, with shooting uh, from deep range, but you have to be able to shoot it properly, and you have to have the muscles to do that, right? Yeah. And as a... Really, not even until some kids are even like really like in sixth or seventh grade can they shoot from that area in a proper way. They're right. not strong enough, and so you know we're teaching them pretty bad habits, and <laughs> <laughs> they think they can make it. Um, I don't really deal with that because I don't, uh, I don't coach those level kids. Yeah. But um, I train kids that are younger, so um, we we don't practice any of that when we train. So. <laughs> It's mad. I'd say that's the biggest trend. Yeah, I so I coached my daughter's fourth grade team uh, this past year, mm-hmm. and as soon as they get the ball, they want to just yep. shoot for the three. Jack it up. Yep. Let's go. Let it and fly. I'm like, let's just start in close. Get uh-huh. warm. Get a feel for it, and then you can move back. No, no. all the time, every time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what is that? That's got to be so maddening, so frustrating. Yeah, it's tough, right? Um, <laughs> Well, what else have you seen? Have you seen uh, anything that's dropped off? Like, is it ball handling or passing? Or are there any skills that... I'd say ball handling's probably improved in terms of... Because now they see these these guys and, and ladies as well who are just like kind of wizards with the ball. And um, 
Sadly, I think one thing that's that's disappointing is kids don't know the history of basketball, right? So when the MJ thing came out this summer, oh, I, should, yeah. I shouldn't call it the MJ thing because it was supposed to be about the, <laughs> the last it, dance. It turned into MJ. Um, I, I think that was, I mean, I'm biggest Michael Jordan fan and was fortunate to, that was my childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, so these these kids don't, they can say, oh, Michael was the go and they wear his shoes, but they never saw him play. Right. And I don't even think that, I'm sure some kids have cared enough to go watch a YouTube clip or something, right? So not going to say the whole group doesn't care. But yeah, we don't, we don't talk. But they don't know. They don't yeah. get it. Like, they don't understand, like, all of that and, like, all the story with it and having to get through the Pistons and, like, having to get through the Knicks and having to get through Reggie. And, like, but I, I thought that – I thought I always think that that's amazing. I always looked at that, that, that evolution to the, the road to the championship mm-hmm. for Michael was just, like, the epitome of a great story. It's mm-hmm. like – you try, you get a little closer this mm-hmm. year, but it was that struggle yeah. that helped, that really made, that made him appreciate mm-hmm. winning the titles, oh, yeah. you know, oh, every yeah. year. And I think people saw that with the document, mm-hmm. uh, with the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. With The Last Dance. So um, I really think, I think that's important to struggle to, so it's not just, you don't realize it's just you don't think or assume it's just going to be a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so easy. Yep. I mean, even the the Warriors had mm-hmm. they had a tough. They should have had what four championships in a row, mm-hmm. but that struggle. Yep. You know, you have to fall sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> next year we're going to get a championship again. Yeah, yes. let's do it. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, because we started the. You were one of my first conversations um, on this podcast, mm-hmm. baseline. Um, and, um, you were coming off a championship and I was expecting to interview you again for another, for the Uh next one. So (laughs) we're going to keep going back until we win some championships. I like that. Um, anything else you want to talk about or tell the listeners, uh, about next year to look forward? No, I think we, we've covered a lot. It's been fun. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just hoping honestly to have a season, you know, and I'm, really looking forward to it. And I feel for um, my my coaching colleagues who, my lacrosse coach, they didn't have a, a season this oh, year, yeah. you know, baseball, softball. Um, so I feel for, for those guys. I feel, of course, for all the kids. Um, you know, Sabrina Ionescu missed her chance to win a national championship. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy when you think about how much sports impacts all of us in so many different ways. Um, and so for me, it's just that we hope we have a season. You know, we hope that we're back to normal. Um, as much as possible and um, just want to – it's my life, right? So it's like having these kids around all the time. It's like I I even miss – because our season ended, so we didn't have to go through that. Um, But I just missed having those seniors around for three more months. You know, I didn't get to see them anymore. And, like, we would have been working out and getting ready for college and just hanging out, you know, and that's the fun times, you know. And so we missed out on even just that part, you know, of it. So – we just hope for the best. That's what we're hoping for. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much. Of course. And uh, we'll do fun. it again the next time. Let's do it. <laughs> well, that was Coach Alicia Kamaki of Sierra Canyon. I'm your host, Parday Bajeff of Baseline. And you're rocking with LA's number one podcast, only on the Believe Network. Make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure. Please, 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 please like, subscribe, share with a friend, share with a loved one, share with a basketball fan. You know what? Because we're going hard in the paint each and every time. Uh, now let's get it all in perspective.
perspective for all y'all enjoyment a song y'all can step get at me at pb underscore baseline thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.